0: Hello and welcome to the Goals and Glory podcast with me, your host Bruce Aitchison, and I am smiling like a wee boy because that is exactly how I feel. When this all started, I read the book Bestie to Beastie to Belgium and I fell back in love again with that era of Hibs when I was a wee boy, and I got in touch with Colin, and we did a podcast about the book, and then he helped set me up with some of the heroes from that book, and today I am absolutely over the moon that this man has been able to give me some time. I'm hoping that this is long enough to get into everything we need, but short enough that he doesn't get bored with my questioning. He's an absolute hero. I loved watching him. We all remember two big, big stories about this man's time at Easter Road, and we'll definitely get there, but there's a lot more to him. In my chats with him so far, it's like he's an old friend. He's just that kind of guy. He made me feel very, very easy, and remember, I'm speaking to my hero. So let's bring in the one and the only, and waste no more time Mr. Joe Tortolano. Yes. How you doing? How you doing? Thanks for having me, Bruce. I'm absolutely buzzing, Joe. I'm <laughs> absolutely buzzing. As I said to you off screen there, I can't wait to get into this. So let's waste no time at all. Now, we're going to rewind all the way back. Usually I start with where people are at the moment, but I'm going to rewind all the way back because we were just talking about you growing up in Stirling playing some of your football in Tullybuddy. Now, I used to work in Tullibuddy at Lawrence Hill Academy, so I know the area very, very well. A good mate of mine's for the Raplock. So I've got this idea in my head of what it was like, but what was it like for you growing up there?
1: Well, I actually wasn't uh, brought up in the Raplock. I was brought up in Brayhead, which was only about a couple of miles from um, the Raplock. But um, I started playing when I was about what, under, I sort there's a team called the America Cross, and they were from the top of the town that looked down on the Rat Block, and it's another really tough, tough area. And um, my my twin, uh, you know, I've got a twin, don't you? I'm hoping <laughs> I'm hoping it's Joe i to speaking to. <laughs> Somebody that looks like me. Who I thought double trouble? Well, he signed up about six months before, um, and I couldn't sign because I, I think I can't remember the team I was playing with, so I had to wait until um. My contract was up with this other club. Then we both played for the top of the town. It's called Mercat Cross. Um, and we're there for about six six months. Then from then on, we signed for Tilbury Hearts um, when uh, I was what, 14? 14, I was signed. So I um, had three brilliant years. Then after that, I went down to England, I was 16. But the, 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 it was no, the notorious rap luck at the time. It was, you're actually very brave to walk through during the daylight rather than. Pitch black, it was like you don't want to go there. Anytime anybody mentioned the rap lock, you were like, the fear just f- did the blood drain from your body. And of course, when somebody said, Well, where's your home games going to be? they said it was going to be at the rap block. I was like, You're going to have take me a million pounds a week. I'm even on 13 to play there because they, they're not the friendly at the time, you know what I mean? But it was a brave start because it toughened you up a lot.
0: Was football the only Distraction was that just it? That was all you did. It was football. I was
1: born and I just wanted a ball. That was it. And uh, luckily enough, um, I had a twin. I was 45 minutes older than him. And um, obviously, you can tell by the the looks, the grey hair. He's not got a grey hair on his face. (laughs) I can't believe he must be doing that. What do you call it? Just (laughs) Just, for men. men. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so, we were always together. So, you know, if you're a single child, you know, you're always looking for somebody to go and play with. But I always had my twin, so we played 24 hours football, and that was the only thing we wanted to do.
0: And who were you Who were you looking up to then? Who was, did you have oh. posters on the wall? Oh, I I, did. And you wouldn't believe it because I actually supported
1: Tibbs for a while as I was growing up. And he liked uh, obviously Celtic because my family were kind of brought up in the, the, the Celtic tradition. And um, I was like, I like Celtic, but I quickly I loved the Hibs strip. It was the buckter with the green and the white shorts. And of course, I think normally when, I think it was in Georgie Best, came Easter Road and played, I went, I'm going to sign a letter to Santa to say I want that hip strip. So that's how I kind of got here and I'm saying, I would have never have believed in 10 years' time I'd be playing for them, you know, at Easter Road in 85. So
0: they were actually one of the teams I supported for a while when I was uh, growing up. But life could have been so different because you headed off to West Brom and that's a yeah. that's a fair old trip. It was. Well, to be fair, when I when I signed for Telabray Hearts
1: um, when I was fourteen, obviously there's tons of scouts um going to all our games and they're always offering you to go down at Christmas time, Easter time, October week for trials. So I went down to West Brom when I was just about fourteen myself with my case, right? Uh, you know, it was like my, my, my your mum used to say you're just going down for four days, you're not know, going for the fortnight because I spent the whole lot in try to get the wardrobe in there as well and crush it in, she was like "That you, you, you just don't need that you know, 25 pair of pants 17,000 t-shirts and I was like I'm just going for a week So, but that was daunting for Sunday at 14, I was going down the train myself to Birmingham and at the time there was uh, the, the riots at the time the Hansworth through riots in 80, I think it was about 81, 80, 81. And I was like getting off the train, gone, get the bus to, to, to West Brom, and getting picked up again for one of the guys. And I'm gone, there's buses upside down, there's cars upside down. I thought it was in Baghdad at the Ratlock again. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I was going, nah, I want to get back home, get back up the road. And I said, I'm not going anywhere. But then somebody went to a wee bit longer it's not like this I'll be finished next week I was like there's no cars on the road left they're all burnt to a cinder so uh, that's the kind of wake up call and it kind of made me grow up very very quickly and uh, so every holiday I went down to England to play for West Brom went to Leicester went to my brother sure could have signed me Leicester but he didn't want to leave home and I, I was certain he was going to sign for Leicester um, and, but he didn't in the last minute he just wanted to stay he was a too much of a homebird, I think. So and I decided at 16 to um I could have signed with Dunn United. Jim McLean was at my house uh, on the night before I decided to to agree to go to West Brom. And uh, that was I was absolutely panicking there, Bruce. Oh my god. Bruce, it was like Jim McLean, you know what I mean? And he was so nice, obviously, to get me to sign. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um I played with that, I played against their first team when I was 15 I played against Richard Goff. And by this time, I had no fear. I, I just I tore him to shreds. But uh, <laughs> but after that, I just decided to go to West from And he just went out the door and he left. <laughs> Never even said goodbye or anything. So I went, Well, that's a good start. <laughs> Thank you very much. There's you not know. many folk turned him, dude. No, I was very brave. But my dad was quite big, so I made sure I was behind him. <laughs> tell him I don't fancy it. You bloody tell him <laughs> <laughs> I mean... me. But sometimes you think what it'd been like if I did go to United. Do you know what I mean? Uh, they they were they were decent. They were the they were one of the top dogs in Europe, and they were beating Rangers, Celtic, and uh, you know Aberdeen and done it with the best teams at the time. So it was kind of thinking well, nah, I just I just I just liked uh, England. I just thought I'd try it out, because I knew if I wasn't, a, you know, be good enough, I'd, I'd be able to get a team when I came back up the road. So that's that, it.
0: that's that's brave though, like for. I know, like West Brom, you know, at the time that's something to aspire to, but right. totally out, totally out your comfort zone to go down there. Uh, no, no mobile mobile phones, no internet, no. Absolutely. You know, you you must have. That's a big leap of faith. You must have been confident. Well, I was, I was always confident because nobody knew me. I
1: was nobody. But one thing about the West Brom people, cause was there all the time. I mean, I was down there about four, or five times a year, Bruce. So they knew. What I could do, and obviously, they were desperate to uh, to sign us in then. But it was like, remember, I was no, I was like down there at 14, 15, then I signed 16, and it was like an in digs with this other guy uh, for Stoke, and we were in the same boat. And uh, after the first, uh, we were allowed to back up after two months, and I couldn't wait to get up that road to come back. Cause I going, every Monday, I going to that, and I'm going. Here's me sitting in the house, listening to you, the brummie accent. I couldn't understand. You know what I mean? And I was going, I mean, I wish they bring back strictly come dancing or something. But uh, so that's but, uh, that. That was the, for me. The 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 big maturing and, into and, uh, you know uh, into a man because you had to grow up quickly. You had to make your own decisions. I didn't have my mum and dad to go to. I thought, now I'm going to do this. And, and you know try and make it work and uh it was absolutely a broad time just unfortunately last for for three years um because my last year i ended up getting glandular fever so uh i wasn't in a good state when i when i then it didn't give me another year and i just came back up the road after that did you get better as a player um you know, i think you'll get better when you know as you get older you know because you get more experience you know uh how you, how do you know, uh, demand for or playing at the top it's a total different ball game. When you're young, fit, and you've no, you've normally not got a care. You know what I mean? Then when you play against good players, you want to thrive on that. As you get older, you then pass on your experience to the up and coming youngsters that are coming through. Um, but to be fair, it was. Uh, I didn't want to leave West Brom. I actually asked them, "Can we well, give me?" Because I've come back. I, I mean, I think I was down, down about ten stone or something like that. Uh, I've actually gained ten stone now, so, <laughs> um, so I was a bit, I was a bit upset with that. But I just decided, I and mean, as soon as I came back, Bruce, it was right. I got a phone call within. I think the the Scottish clubs get players that have, that have been released from clubs in England, and within what uh, one day in the house, I got a phone call from, uh, uh, what do you call it, the Hearts, um, Alec McDonald. I, they, I can't kind of believe I actually went there but I didn't know the, the rivalry between us and them and of course I just was like I will just go then and I'll just see how it was and actually I, I really enjoyed it because I knew John Cahoon, he's from Stirling and, um, and Kenny Black who stayed in Larbert so we used to get, the, John would pick me up then we go to Hart's train pre-season fittest I've ever been uh, they just run you into the ground lifting tyres and up sand dunes, I thought it was going to Blackpool Beach with the the shovel and the spade, then he went, just put that to the side, Joe, and then you're running through. I was like, what's happening here? Yeah, so I was sick about five times, and all, I was like, it was a nightmare. Um, then after that, he said I wasn't good enough to talk my and that stuck with me for a hell of a long time. And uh, actually, on the day he said it, I went home, told my mum and dad, and they didn't worry about it. I says, there's been another man on the phone and I said, all right. I says, what's his name? I think his name's Blakely. And I went, Brilliant. I'm going to be a bus driver <laughs> on the buses. Oh, what? i I said, been... and my next job is a bus driver, brilliant. Is that a single decker, a double decker? And uh I think I hit it Blake, it's Blakeley. I was like, right, okay. So he's going to phone at five. So at the five o'clock phone went. I went, Hello. I went, hello, it's John Blackley. And I'm sitting there looking at my going. Yeesh, <laughs> I said I'm like I'm going to try to get the shirts and the, the tie organising my heart <laughs> See, my ding, 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 tick his that was John Blackley so I talked to him and then I went to Easter the Road two days later and then I went and signed a three year contract just after that so the tip you know upside down fate, suddenly getting nobody being rejected and suddenly another you know the mighty bees came in and uh, offered me so I couldn't wait to sign
0: So when a couple of months, I suppose you get released for West Brom, my heart's tell you're not good enough. What 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 does that do to a young man? Well, this this is where I think the um, the the upbringing I
1: had as a kid, very strict um, family and very strict rules. Then when I went to England myself, you to be a man, you know, as soon as no messing, I would get fun out. So I think that helped me a lot, and I just. I was so determined to, to to show them that I could play, and uh, I was absolutely so determined to prove them wrong. And of course, when I signed, my first thought was when's that next Hearts game, and I made sure I tried to get myself in the team. Um, I think I just missed out the first one. Um, you know, I think I played the second one, you saw, but I can't I can't vaguely remember it. But I just couldn't wait because I was so determined to, you know, maybe make a goal or score a goal in the last minute and run right to that dugout and get the shorts down and flash it right in front of you. <laughs> so that would have been brilliant. The eh? <laughs> Deb's fans would all of that.
0: <laughs> hero, hero forever. Was there any oh, at West Brom, that, was, was there any of those older players that you sort of mentioned? Was there anybody you, you looked at and thought, that's a pro, that's that's how to do it, or there's somebody that's given me we're an couple, example?
1: Of, there a couple of guys because... At the time, it was old first division at the time. There's no the Premiership. It was old the first division, one, two, and three, and four. So West Brom were top four team nearly every year, and uh, they had like Cyril Regis, the Derek Stead, and all these guys. They all played for England, and um, I thought that I was going to be struggling to get in the first team. I played, I played twice when I was seventeen. Um, one in a pre-season friend, and I played against Stoke in a cup tie. Um, and by this time you know, I hadn't a care in the world and I was, you know, I was quick and I was, everything just was just perfect and I was ready for that um, then, but I was then well, the guys I'm going to take over, they were relative, they were about maybe 24 or 25 and Derek Steyer and Stevie Hunt, they were in England squad, so I could see myself and say, I'm never going to get in this first team here, um, no unless they get injured or the other left back's going to play, so um, I was a wee bit disillusioned, but I just wanted to try England. Um there's a lot of Scottish guys down there who I looked up to, but the place was brilliant, the guys were superb. And if you any you know, any time you wanted to speak to any of the first team players, um, you know, uh, they would take you to the side and, and speak to you and try and help you. And you get you kind of have a wee bond with the you know the guys that you play with all the time. And when we used to go out and on a, a, a Saturday night, I was going out with one of the big guys and I was only sixteen at the time, selling my, my wee shorts and my braces. And my school bag came with a plate <laughs> in it, and uh, uh, my water and jug, and they were all sitting there steaming <laughs> I was Going, is uh, this is is this is what it's like to be famous? And it was like going, ah, this looks seems no bad to me. <laughs> <laughs> all that uh, glass of uh, with the plastic water just with beer, pal, But um, yeah, it was a brilliant place. It was a brilliant at the time. But you, you had to um, there was there was no prisoners. You know what I mean. You had to be. And you know, uh, in the top of your game all the time, and that was my learning the learning curve as an apprentice for a year and a half. Then, suddenly signing pro forms, then you know, there's no more cleaning the dress rooms, cleaning the boots, picking up the kit at, uh, before all the training sessions, and cleaning the whole stadium after the games, and all that. Now, it's like these guys are its a luxury for they, they just go, like, I don't want really to do that. You know, the guys walking about with the headsets and their phones. <laughs> Scrape their dirt off their own boots ever in life, you know what I mean. And I had to look after seven boys to look after it in your first team, so they would give you all your gear. And at Christmas time, if your gear or your, your boots are dirty, they should come back and go, Joe, you've, you've missed a bit, and it was like a millimeter of dirt. And they were like, You better get that link, you know what I mean, or you want to get a Christmas bonus off them. So you get a Christmas bonus at, at the Christmas time, eh. Uh, I had seven players. Sam, I sometimes would get about maybe two, three hundred quid,
0: and I think you're a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> is that cleaning boots? Is for
1: me. <laughs> you
0: know, I, I, I don't want to look back too much with the the sort of rose tinted specs to that. But what, what what was the point of that? Why why is that stopped? Why do why do young players not have to do that now? I haven't got a clue. I think they just get their heads wasted with the agents that are floating around and. They're there to play football
1: and they're there to learn football, not to learn to do changing rooms boots. They're, they clean up the the rooms after it and picking their gear up. And I mean, I did some absolutely, you know, bogging, you know, dress rooms, and then the guy would come and the kitman would come and inspect it. And if he said that's not clean enough, he had to get the gear back off and put a pair of shorts on and flip flops and go and clean it all again. And it made you kind of really disciplined. You know what I mean? Um, but these guys nowadays, in my in my work, um, we had contracts at uh, Rangers, and you should see there. It's like there's no danger. You see these guys uh, cleaning any boots. They've got I think they've got a kit man who does all the stuff there, and these guys just train. If They want to do a bit extra. They'll stay back and then they'll go home. They don't do any the chores that the guys at my age at that time um, were doing. And You can ask anybody that done all that. Uh, you ask Mickey Weir, Kano, Gordon Hunter. They all done their chores. They were sweeping that Easter Road Terrace uh, every second day. And that was part of the, being an apprentice. And, um, you know, then once that's done, then you get back to the, the football, you know what I
0: mean? So when you got to be a pro, was that like the, was that just like the sun was shining, there was music playing, was that just the Holy <laughs> Grail? Well, definitely. Because you can't actually, you know, believe it. Because um, you're thinking,
1: right, this is, this is, I've done the hard work. And I actually thought to myself, name me your bloody toilets. <laughs> <laughs> name your plunge in. I thought, yes. And, uh, it was it was just a relief to say right. Then I can start to concentrate. And obviously it it went okay until my last six months and I got glandular fever and I lost all my strength and my weight and he never it never gave me another six months or another year. He just for some reason they think I was um, good. enough that, that was the legendary Johnny Giles, by the way. They played with Leeds, and I yeah. said, "Hit myself." What does he know? I just thought, can I say that." <laughs> He's one of the best players in Leeds history. <laughs> no, you can't say that, Joe. Think about something else to think. You know, uh, no, nah, we'll just leave it. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> Took case up, back up the road, and I was like, "Yes." Back came my mum and dad's and my brothers and all my mates, and I thought, "Yes." That's me. I've, had my, I've done my time and I'm ready for a new challenge. So then, of course, the Hearts phone call, then the Hibs, then um, up. So it moved quite quickly after that Being being rejected down in England, which uh, I thought was a bit harsh.
0: What, with, with that, when you're coming back up the road, was the intention still, I'm going to be a professional footballer? Absolutely. There was no uh, other job apart from the bus driving.
1: Um, which I thought it was a six-month course I thought that would be a bit long and I couldn't survive on any money for six months uh, uh, so I just know I was wanting to be a professional and I knew I, I was good enough um, to play and uh, that I was just very, very fortunate uh, that because obviously when you, you go to a club you've got to impress right away you know there's no point in thinking ah well he's okay but is he is he is he going to be beneficial for the team and can he, can we use him and uh, or we're wanting to sign him and I think that's the feeling I got to say that right we'll get him because he he, he looks uh, pretty good uh, we can work on his 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 you know his uh, his touch and you know, all this, whatever needed to be done so uh, I was like yes that's me and I'm ready uh, and I think it took me a couple of months to get my debut I think. I knew. I knew that. I can I can remember the team, but I can't remember the month uh, for my debut. So I was there about two. I think I was there two months. I think so. I just bided my time and I played a few reserve games. And uh, I think Joe McBride, who I thought was brilliant for us. Uh, he done. I think he done his cruciate. He his broke his leg or something. in Eighty five. Um, and he was off. He was off for a year. And then that's when I got my chance.
0: And you signed a three-year contract, but yeah. uh, so how does that happen? You get a phone call for Blakey off on the buses. Yeah, I you, <laughs> you you then go two days later. You're at Easter Road. Does he I- just have a bit of paper ready for you to sign, and you just read it and sign it? Do you go no, through no, it? Do you let your old man read it? You have to obviously uh, watch us first in training uh, for a couple of days, and uh, I think it was more or less
1: one day. I had. Uh, I was so determined to to to, to you know to get signed, and uh, I was finding all you know, that the training and the, all the running was very easy for me. Um, and Johnny Collins came over, and um, and I've got a great bond with Johnny even now. Um, and he was so nice, and I thought, oh, he, this guy's brand new. I'll maybe try and stick with him for a couple of days. And he was telling me about certain things and how the club works, and um, keep away from him. He's back. <laughs> Did he go near him? Because he'll do you. And I was like, oh my head was like, I okay, okay," uh, and there's the toilet. And then, and then, and I went right because I didn't know any go you to know, the restrooms i done. Never been there before, so the we Johnny took me down to the gym. This is where I go all the time. And I says, "Right," and I'm looking at your physique, I'm saying, "Right," he does the gym obviously. The and uh, then, but all the all the all the all the players would just uh, you know introduce themselves to them and to myself, and I thought, "I no, definitely this is the." This is the right um, environment for me, so it was just a, a matter of time to, you know, go and show what I could what I could do, and I had to do it, you know, obviously quite quick. So they gave me a couple of reserve games. Then uh, Joe, unfortunately, had done his ligaments. Then I got in uh, for, for there. I, I can't remember the month, Bruce. I couldn't tell. I forget, um, but I was ready, and I, I was determined, and had this back in my mind thing. I'm always wanting to prove people wrong. It's the way I've been brought up, and this Hearts game, when it was coming, it was on my mind all the time, and I was going like, you like, know, like
0: hell to try and get myself ready for the, you know, if selected, I'd be ready. So how how did the contract bit work then? Does John Bla like? Did you say, oh no, I need a wee bit more money than that per week? Was it? Yeah. How how does that bit work? Well, they
1: offered me two hundred and fifty thousand pounds a week. <laughs> That's, that's not enough. I've got 225 million in debt. i get that to my, to my landlady in West Bromso <laughs> next week. <laughs> so he said, Right, okay. And they just say, Right, we're going to give you uh, three years OK, we'll this and that. the next thing, that's just more or less says, I'm not caring. I'm just saying that it's going to be security. Uh, I was confident in myself that I was going to get in the team um, eventually. And I just went like i we just I didn't even mass. I, um, I didn't even ask my mum and dad. I just went and signed it all by myself. This is me being let you know single-minded again, being brought up to think for myself. And uh, I went back and told my mum and dad and she went, Oh. And that was it. She went, that's good. What time is what time you want up? What time you want up in the morning? I was like, oh I find that, I'll, I'll, I'll you know the the things called alarm clocks, so I'll get one. <laughs> And I'll just go and set it, and I was away. But of but course, it was Edinburgh. It was always a, a, a train, and the train every day. So my dad took me from the house to the train station, dropped me off, and he went to his work. So I was lucky that way until I got my first car. Um, so it was, it was a big, it's another change and another new start. You know, a different club. Um, uh, but I knew it was, it was the right club for me because I just knew. The, the, the guys and uh, Tommy Craig and the manager were, you know, obviously uh, experienced and were going to make me, well, hopefully make me a better
0: player. Who, who of the boys became your crew? Because like, it was it was quite a young squad coming through there. It was Did They had to do that, didn't they? They had to I, bring through the young team. Yeah, well, to be fair, I knew, I don't know if you remember, uh, Kevin McKee. Yeah. yeah. McKee,
1: who went to Hamilton about a year late after I was there. Um I got I used to play against him when I played with Tilbury Hearts. He played for I think it was Dutchler Pumperson he played for. So I knew him um and with some tussles uh, during the when the younger days because he played on the right and I was on the left, so I played against him. Uh and got very pally with him and Callum Millen, who I got really pally with at the time, the nickname The Thug. <laughs> I said, so, what's your name? I'm Joey. He says, my name's Colin. I went, oh, what's going out Man, voice, you're only 16, like. He's gone, but you can call me a thug. That's what you call it. I went, all right, thug. <laughs> I was like, no other name but the thug. So I went, right, okay, don't go near him. So uh, there's one of them. So, but all the guys, then Johnny Collins, and uh, because we were, because I was not a first team, all the first team, uh, were dressed in one dressing room. The reserves trained in another dressing room. So I was with the the youngsters and the reserve players uh, until I was good enough to to go into the first team dressing room.
0: So how does that work? Do you get a tap on the shoulder when you walk in at training one day and say, Aye. "Joe, you're an error day." Aye, it was more or less that they'd say, or they'd come in and say,
1: "Right, you'd want, if uh, they're doing drills or, uh, or, or match practice on something." They maybe say, right, I want, uh, you know, Joe Totlano, Kevin McKee and Mickey Weir and Johnny Collins or something like that. And, or the other would go like, first team, I'm like that. I was myself because I knew you messing about here. Here's my chance, you know what I mean? Uh, but then they maybe give somebody else a chance the, the next day, you know what I mean? But I was like, the minute I got in that, that first team, and of course, Jukebox, Gordon Jury was there. He just signed for his five. And they used to put me with him because uh, nearly what he'd run through a big jukebox. And of course, I just got shoved to the front. Somebody says, Who's wanting to go and run with jukebox? So we all started taking five steps back. <laughs> and I think it was big Gordon Ray pushed me about one push, like, flying into the jukebox, the back of his shoulder, smashed my nose, right? Blood everywhere. He's gone. He's five Fife accent. I couldn't, even, I don't know what he said in a Fife accent. So I was sitting there with two uh, women bog rolls stuck up my nose because I'd burst my nose on the back of the jukebox's he shoulder and I was trying to run and keep up with him but I couldn't breathe I was, thought it was like getting with the blood so that uh, was a good start <laughs> and the Tam Martin at the time he was doing the kit at the time he went oh hey, what you happened? am I getting my good green charts getting off I was like he pushed me back of the foot I was like oh I was like and everybody was killing themselves laughing eh? so It was kind of, I I think that was a good break in in because he knew I was kind of, I'm always up for a laugh. I've I've got a serious side to me as well, but I probably don't show serious enough all the time because I'm always up for a laugh and I giggle and I
0: carry on. That was uh, what I liked. Who, Who was the other characters in the changing room that were up for a laugh?
1: When I first went there? Aye.
0: Well, oh, you're
1: top big Gordon Ray, big Snoddy, was brilliant. Uh, we, Bobby Smith. God bless his soul. Uh, was he was I, I? was at Bo. He was at Leicester when I went down to Leicester. So I knew Bobby when I went down. And uh, I used to try. I used to get Lenny's hair dryer. He probably had the black top term, right? And he used to go, "Joe i I'll go. Yes, sir, Bobby. You want this hair dryer? Because I'm going to be in two minutes. If you want to use that hair dryer, you better use it now." So I'm sitting there, because I was, I, go, I had this, this, this soft perm when I first went to Hibs, right? So it was like half the mullet with a, a, with a half perm. So he used to give me this comb machine. It was like a, it could kind have of killed you. So I'm digging it at the back in my, you know, at the back of my head to try and get the kind of, make it curly. And he goes, right, I've got a great way to get a hairdryer. So he was giving me his hair hairdryer. I thought it was at like the hairdresser's. I says right. I didn't want to be working the buses now. I didn't want to. Be, I just want to fancy being a hairdresser, <laughs> <laughs> Dane soft terms. So, and that's what I did every day. So, he used to shout, Harry, you've got two minutes to get that He's like, <laughs> I used to run into the dressing, start putting the hair into the blow. Oh, it was brilliant. Like he was superb. But they were all the characters. There's ones that one or two that are quite quiet. You know what I mean? But they were all brilliant, and I, I loved every one of them. Who who was the enforcer? Uh, well, there's always the, the, uh, the main one, or the, the leader of the pack, I thought, was always Big Gaza, Big Gordon Ray, because he was kind of, um, didn't I get me wrong, wee Mickey Weir was like, uh, what do you call it, Only Fools and Horses, Del Boy, he was in everhand and Kano, they were at the wheeling and dealing all the place, eh? and, uh, you left out, and Mickey had the, the greyhounds at a time, eh? so when I came back for the first training session, I thought, right. Like, I have a nice wee walk for Easter Road up to the Waverley to get the train back to Stirling. Mickey went, hey man, you want a lift?" I said, "I'm going up there." I said, "Oh, that's thanks very much." I was about two yards for the door, and oh, he's <laughs> <laughs> sitting here with four greyhounds in the back of his car, wanting to maul and eat me, right? And this is them trying to get through the cage <laughs> at the front seat, I was like, "Oh my god, what?" Oh, no, Mickey, it's all right, I'll just walk, eat slavers and grilling around the back of my neck, and I was like, oh, I said, no, you're all right, mate, I'll just walk, no, no, just, well, I was petrified, I was too, actually, scared to look around, because this big, massive face with the teeth and slavers, and I was like, nah, this is welcome to Mickey World with the, the, the dogs and the pigeons, you can't mean really- Mickey <laughs> Oh, I he was, he was absolutely different class of you, man, love me, dear.
0: I remember I was telling you this story and I said I was going to tell it. I remember you coming down to Kelso for a pre season game and you were on the left hand side and that was the touchline I was on and you were screaming at Mickey to switch. Mickey switch, Mickey switch. And he tried to beat somebody and he lost the ball. And I remember you turning to us. I was there with my dad and my brothers. He just turned to us and went, He's a greedy wee bastard. (laughs) <laughs> and, and as a wee boy watching, I could just, yeah. like, there's a few, you know, you have some memories for you a kid that are crystal clear. Oh, I right. can see everything about that moment. <laughs> and it was just, I'd never, like, swearing wasn't a big thing in my house. And you turned to say oh, that. Right. And I can remember in the playground the next day telling everybody what Joe Thornton-Larrow had said. <laughs> <laughs> well, I
1: think there was all, a lot of me as swearing as you got older, that's for sure. But um, <laughs> aye, there's times where Mickey kind of, we all make mistakes, but it's just at the time you could have switched. I can't remember that instant, <laughs> but uh, he could have he sure gave it to the uh, wife to me, but he didn't, so I wouldn't have with Mickey. He is mental. Didn't he? Don't, don't underestimate him, by the way. He, oh, my God.
0: What a man he is. He I'm always really. reminded me of Scrappy of Scooby-Doo. <laughs> uh, he, didn't, he didn't seem to know that he was only this big. But he had the heart of a lion, but he was in the body of Scrappy. Oh, definitely. He was like, he just never... Never gives
1: in, he's got a brilliant attitude, and he, he was one of my uh, you know big big heroes, you know, later on when I when I when I uh, left Hibson uh, and you actually think, Well, I, I played in the same team as Mickey and we got on brilliantly, and I mean anywhere you go where Habity functions and Mickey is absolutely a legend. Make no mistake about it.
0: One one of the things, like again, looking back with my romantic eyes on there was this thing of you all loved Hibs. Now, the game now, you see players on short-term loans and all this kind of thing, and it, it just messes with my mind a wee bit. There was I had this feeling watching you guys playing that Hibs meant more than just your employer.
1: I would probably say that, because I think there was a lot of, um, especially for the young guys, a lot of the the young guys were Hibs supporters, Bruce. So I think if it's you know if you're a hips if you're playing for a club that you've supported since we're knee high, it, it, I think that and you, you I think they take it more to heart, saying that it's like a a privilege and an honour to play mm-hmm. for the the you know the team that you supported, and it goes back to the family before you know and to go back to tell everybody else saying well my laddie plays with the hips, and it's just like a big massive plus. You know what I mean? And you kinda knew who um the boys like the big guys are hat oh, on his sleeve and he was a massive hibs man. And Alan Sned they these guys, you know, I know Snoddy played with Celtic about enough, but I knew um there was guys like Paul Kane, Gordon Hunter, Mickey Weir, they were all big, big um hip supporters. Um and these to the terraces. So for them to now be on their books and be able to play in the first team, you always thought that um you know uh, that they're absolutely thriving on it, and I think they're definitely honoured for being a you know a, a big club like Hibs.
0: What What was it like playing Scotland under twenty ones? Well, I can remember um, I
1: played a couple of times, and I absolutely loved it. Um, Republic Ireland, I think was my first, and played Germany, my second cap. Um, played against. Well, I played. I can't remember the guy who played the German Bayern Munich was playing against him, and it was near no no problem at all. Uh, and um, the, I played with some brilliant players. If you, I can't remember the I can't remember the year. Bruce, I think it was eighty eight or eighty nine. I got my caps. And if you can look at the team that I played in, and it was all right. Rangers, Celtic players. Peter Grant, Ian Durant, um There was Robert Fleck, Gordon Jury. There was Kevin Gallagher. All these big, big players. Um, Ian Ferguson, and it was like. I'm sitting here going, I can't, you know, you're sitting looking around going, God, I used watch him on the telly. You know what I mean? There he's sitting right next to me. I can always remember when I made my debut, and I, I was in, outside left, and inside me was Ian Durant. And uh, I used to say, Ian Durant, I've never met him before. I went, how you, do you like it? And he went, just give me any way you want. Just give me anywhere you want. I went, well, didn't he say that to me? <laughs> Don't fuck it. The gate will be open, and I'll be through that gate and down the road. <laughs> Peter Grant used to always tell me to tuck in because I used to hang out wide thinking I'm a winger, but he always wanted to have this tight midfield four and he kept on saying to me, <laughs> See if I'm going to tell you one more time, get your effing arse in. So I said after the game, and I had a few beers after the game, and I said, I thought you're a wee bit strong. He went, You didn't gain half it. So that's a guy that played with Celtic at 16. I was like, and I just got the, 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 you know the message right away. You know what I mean. And I'm sitting going, and you actually see when you go back to your club after being with the internationals, you actually feel as though you're on cloud nine, and you you feel as though like you're a multi-million dollar player, and you're on nine hundred million pound a week because you feel as though you're with these great players that are playing with the biggest clubs in Scotland, and you're like you were part of it, and you know I had dinners with well. the the first team uh, Scotland played on one of the games the following day. And we went out for dinner the night before. and I was sitting at a table with Kenny Dog, Lee's, uh, Alan Hansen, Graham Soonis, Murdo McLeod was there, Mo Johnson, Alan McCoy was at my table, and I'm sitting there going, oh, oh my, I couldn't even get my fork onto my steak. <laughs> Again, and I kind of felt like the, the tatty was just going to go, doing, his <laughs> lap. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Again, I couldn't even eat it. I was at Yeah. <laughs> And it's just and the feeling I'm getting, saying, "Right, you man, you've, you're, this is where you want to be. You've arrived. You know what I mean? This is what, this is what, this is what it's going to be like." Um, and I just had visions that it was going to be right. I want to try and keep on playing in the first team at Hibs, and you know, if I'm successful, I know eventually, I'll if I day well and score goals and make goals and keep fit, that'll probably get a move. And the
0: uh, you go in for it. A- the, the club so you're with these boys every day and you've seen them at the weekend and then you go to an international changing room were there folk in the changing room that you thought I I used to hate him but he's actually all right I Peter Grant was one of them <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> because every time I played against him he put red <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. I I we had I got great with Peter because he did he the same agent as me uh, I don't know if you remember the boy worked to him Raymond Sparks ah uh, yeah yeah he was uh, our agent and he looked after Johnny Collins, myself and Peter and uh, when we had to go through sometimes in Glasgow and meet for a meal and all that and we we get absolutely brilliant banter and I, I love Peter, uh, he was absolutely different class um, but he was a winner and you soon, he wanted everybody to have the same attitude as him and if you weren't up to it, you'd let you know and I think that was the way Celtic, you know, like Rangers, they, they were like that and now we never had really that, was, we'd just accept it and, in a away until maybe the Gaffer or Gordon Ray would maybe come down and top you and you know slaughter you, but it was quickly forgotten. Then you had to grow up, you know, and make sure it wouldn't happen again. You know what I mean?
0: And so you're you're back and you're flying, you're young and feeling like you've got the world at your feet.
1: Oh, wow, absolutely.
0: What, so you're you're playing for Hibs. How how is it going? You're you're going through your Hibs career. You've got. Backers, you you know you become that cult hero. You've got the boo boys on top of you sometimes, and loving you <laughs> other times. How how does that impact on your confidence as a player?
1: Well, as I said to earlier on, Bruce, the confidence uh, is a huge thing, or for for any player or any sportsman. Um, and on on the on the field, if you're confident, everything will happen. If you're prepared yourself for all the games, and your body's right, and your mind's right, uh, the confidence will come. And you'll try things that might happen, they might not. Uh, when it does, you go on a wave and you get a momentum. And uh, up till, I don't, I never liked Saints, but up till Alec Muller came in, I think he was there, 87, I think, or 88. Um, I just went down downhill um, for some, I don't know what kind of reason, whether he never played me and I can I say he run. uh but I know now, I should have knew then, that say said, right, I'm going to show him. Well, I, I more or less sparked the dummy, which I regretted big time. And it wasn't until later on, later in the 90s, I, you know, I, I just made sure. I said, well, there's, there's, I can't be along here to to beat this club. I thought, right, I'm just going to give it more. So I changed everything. I changed all my eating pattern. I changed my training. I trained myself eh, two, two, two times a day at night. I went for sleeps in the afternoon. And I definitely felt uh, I was just waiting for this call uh, to get back in the team, and uh, eventually got it. And when I was fit and playing well, I was all right. <laughs> I was just spectacular, but I was all right. The good times are good, but when the bad times are bad, they're really bad. That's all kind of. I think that was that was what you got with me.
0: Were there days when, are there days you can remember where it just everything was right?
1: There's been absolutely a lot and, and these are the memories I'll always keep and always remember because I scored some cracking goals, um, uh, a few that I still remember um, and that was when my confidence was high um, and I can remember the bad times and uh, it's it's a nightmare thinking about the bad times and what, you know, especially for the, the notorious boo boys because I think, I think Ali Brazil when. Alan Snedden were just before me who got a lot of pressure for the for the supporters and unfortunately it was my turn. Then of course I wasn't right, I wasn't fit enough, and it showed uh, and I, I kinda of got a wee bit disillusioned with the way, you know, my, my my career my career was at that time. Was there
0: was there a thing that you thought could have made a difference. Was there? Was it the way the team were playing? Was it the manager? Was it yourself? I
1: think. I think as as a player, Bruce, I think you always blame the manager, don't you? If you're not playing, there's obviously a reason, and he needs to pick the best team that uh, that are hopefully going to win the game on the Saturday or the, or the Tuesday or the Wednesday night. And if you're not in that, his thoughts, um, and you're no helping yourself, I'd maybe put my hands up and say, well, maybe I should have did it did better. If I knew now, as I said, I'd love to change it back um, because I'm—I I really did it totally different. Um, and there was—and when I wasn't playing, I got worse. And I just got out the love of the game, and I was hating it come to a Saturday. Uh, but I knew I wasn't playing, so I knew I'd be playing in the reserves. But I was always panicking like Mad Bruce, if saying, "Well, my name's on that team list, you know." Then I was, like, I was like, oh no, I knew the boo, the boo boys are ready for me. You know, and I used to go and do the warm ups when I was ready to play. Then they'd name the teams, and uh, <laughs> you had some laughs because the boys used to say to me, Joe, how the how do you put up with that? They named the team, and number two, Darren Sven, boo. Number three, Joe Tolano. <laughs> it was like 400 coups coming down <laughs> the field again to maul the hay. And I was like, "Going." And Pat McGinley came up to me. and He said, "He cuddled me. He goes to Joe. I respect you. I respect you." He said, "Because I, I can't do what you can do, and I couldn't wait to go when I'm fit, mentally right, and produce. You know the goods and get them singing, Jojo Super Joe, which is only about twice in twelve years. From that bad. And I, um, I think I just a a recorder. <laughs> up the main stand, <laughs> and uh, there's nothing." Bruce, there's nothing better when they're singing your name, and I made a few goals when I played, and there was nothing better running into that Hibssey stand, and I can remember a lot of goals that I made. The crosses are just kind just contributing, and they, that that's when it made you feel as though you're you're ten feet tall, and I, and I loved that, and I could have run through a brick wall for whoever was the manager at the time.
0: What's it like when you strike it and it hits the back of the net? That like I I I'm not a believer in thinking, like Mo Farah's running, doing that home straight, and people say, "Oh, what were you thinking? He says, "Oh, I'm thinking about my family, I think that's rubbish. Aye, when, aye. When, you, when you strike it and it's hit the back of the net, aye. there's just that, that not even a second of pause, and yeah. then what happens? Definitely, you
1: just, you, just, you get, you kind of believe it really, because I mean, I wasn't a, a perfect goal scorer, it was different if it was like, you know, Darren Jackson, Keith Wright, who scored, Gordon Jury, who scored many goals for Stevie Cowan, they scored every week and they thrive on goals. But for somebody in a wide area, um, for free kicks, uh, for that ball hitting the net, and you know, you're actually thinking to yourself, how are you going to celebrate? Well, I run to the cl- crowd, then get a couple of pies thrown back at me? Or will I just run back to the halfway line and just go back to my position and didn't even look round at the crowd? Sometimes I was like that. But I knew for the, when I got myself right, And I knew that I was going to be playing every week. I had to be play like Eric Schadler every week. Bruce, that's how I've seen it. I had to be brilliant every week for me to play the following week. Because I knew if I played in that first team and I never done the business, I wouldn't play the next week. I could put my house on it. And then I would go back doing that slippery slope again. Rather than a wee cuddle. Like Jose Mourinho and all these guys now cuddling their players saying, well done, you were rubbish, but you will work on it. And we'll maybe... You know what I mean? And that's the thing. Uh, many of the players at that time got you. Shake your hand and that was about it. You know
0: what I mean? It, it must have been a good thing for you to hear Pat McGinley saying, I respect you, Joe, and, and the other players rallying around
1: you. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And I can remember the it was against Dundee United. And you'll probably remember the game. We played Rangers, Ibrox, and we, drew, we got beat 4-2. And I scored their own goal. And it was a great finish by the way. Left peg, just unfortunately, the, the wrong goal. <laughs> no, that goal, and The other one. <laughs> and uh, brilliant touch in the bottom corner. And of course, Alan McCoy, Bo Johnson coming back, tapped me on the head, saying, Great finish, wee man, great finish. So I let the right hand, the right elbow came up, and I smacked McCoy to the side of the head then, Balavas in the middle of the blooming halfway line. Uh, but I think a lot of the hip supporters blame me for that because I made it two each then uh, Rangers scored two free kicks for 30 yards and the 1-4-2 we played Dundee United on the, the the Saturday and of course the famous announcement for the teams and I was playing oh my god, we heard this and that's when Pat McGinley came up to me and that's what he said, they were going absolutely mental and it was a, really, that was one of the worst times I had um, as a Hibs player but I was just so determined to get through it and play well and I think I won a tackle in the first couple of minutes and uh, I put a cross in or something like that and a couple of them singing oh brilliant Joe but it was that hardcore It was still on my case all the time and I was desperate
0: to shut them up where it was going to take six weeks or six months and that was tough yeah a, a tackle quite often does it doesn't it it shows that yeah. you've still got the ticker yeah aye and I think Gordon can I set the ball rolling <laughs> Right, you you brought that up. I didn't. Know. Now I can remember being at that game and being excited because there was one game, you know, the Sunday afternoon, the match, and it started. The program started two minutes before kickoff. There was no pundits. There was no build-up. You watched the game in England and you watched the match of the day at the weekend. But to have Man United come and play Easter Road, Aye. was a big deal.
1: Oh, absolutely, because
0: I knew um, when
1: I went to West Brom, Brian Robson. But I signed, I think you knew because I was signing, he buggered off the Man United, right? And that was the reason I signed for West Brom because Brian Robson, England captain, I thought, I'm having some of that. He pissed off the Man United, didn't he? Right? And his younger brother played with us at West Brom, West Gary Robson. So, when I saw Brian, he, he knew me, he saw, remembered me and, uh, and he was pissing himself he set up laughing when I tackled. He said, brilliant tackle, me, man. And... Uh, so that kind of got the, it was mistimed and it was, I got fined with a couple of weeks wages uh, for that. So uh, it's not the Guinness Book of Records for a fastest sending off my testimonial. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All for the wrong reasons, Joe. Oh. So allegedly that's what I heard. So I think it was about six minutes or something like that.
0: I could, I could remember, and I can remember he going down the tunnel, and my dad saying, "I bet Gordon Strachan will go in at half time and say it's all right." But it was actually the opposite, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely, he was. See, uh, Gordon Stephen, he played the two testimonial games. One
1: for Coventry, and he was boss, and he played uh, for. Uh, who was the other one? Aston, was it Aston Villa? And we played uh, two games for Gordon Hunt and Alan Sten's testimonial. Yeah. And honestly, Bruce, do you know what he said? Alec Muller came up to us and said, right, we're getting Coventry and Gordon Strachan's the player manager. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, I know where this is coming, eh? So Snoddy's nudging me, right? I'm going, know oh, he's, yeah. he he's telling me. And he says, he's, Alec Muller, he pulled me to the he goes, I, we Strachan's asking for you. Yeah, he said to me, is that exactly you bastard still there? <laughs> Is he, is he still at him? The guy, ah, yes. He went, Oh, fuck. So, he, Alec Miller made him dress beside me. So, we struck him, had his legs all crossed like a wee boy, think we were going to bite him. he was gone, Didn't you bite? Didn't you tackle me? And he was doing it for a laugh, and the whole place was an uproar, and uh, he was absolutely brilliant. And I loved him as a player, and I loved playing in the same team. Well, but he was so, it just made everybody relax and he was just putting jokes out all the time. And it's just never, he just forgot about uh, the tackle that I did with him. And he, he was always, you know, cuddling me and messing my hair and it, When I was going in the mirror, then going ready to go to the hotel and all that, he was absolutely brilliant. So,
0: um, no, fair dues to him, he was superb. And you you got a big fan of Alec Ferguson that night as well, I uh, hear. I did that. Aye, he was, he, he came, he
1: came bars into the dressing room, he got slaughtered Alex, Alec Muller. He's saying, he i I tell you, he says, you said, Nate tackling. He says, and you've got that stupid Italian mother. who's was going off at you. Alec Muller's goes, I sorry, Alec. <laughs> I did tell the boys Nate tackling. I was like, "You never said that to me. And he just goes, ah, stupid towel, you I'm going <laughs> to. And he went, berserk. And uh, of course, I, I, was, I was like, because we had to go to a hotel after it and get a meal and get a decanter and a uh, couple of Hibs uh, wee trophies and all that. And I was like, there's no way I'm going there. <laughs> so I said, I think I'll just stay in the car until Man United players go away to their bed and I'll just collect my trophy. I think the trophy be half a trophy because only played <laughs> <in five> minutes. <laughs> So it was. Uh, oh, I was probably panicking because he's, he's. I mean, the, the face was like beetroot, beetroot red, you know.
0: So uh, aye, that was a kind of uh, another mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I miss I miss those days of testimonials and players being rewarded for that. Aye. Uh, they were and there was some great guy, like you've already mentioned them. Great guys, great service to the club being rewarded. The other the other thing, whenever I mention Joe Tortolano if it's not Gordon Strachan, it's uh, a tannen salon. Yeah,
1: aye, right. What do you want me to say about that then? <laughs> you need top, top, you to topped top even in the winter stone <laughs> that was going about like anyway. Uh aye. I, I, I can't remember the guy's name. I think it was up in Lothian North somewhere, Bruce. Uh, electric <laughs> Beach Electric Beach, aye And they wanted Johnny Collins I can't remember the guys His wife came to us after a game And they wanted to sponsor us And I was like, alright So what is it you actually want to do? And I was like, oh, I've got a, a sunbat pal I was like, oh, ho, 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 this is brilliant That's that what do me. So I ended up We'll come up next Wednesday And I went up with John And John, obviously, a bit cute He's, Ken, he's got the top and the shorts on And Muggins here, but. the
0: Heads or tails, right? You've got the gear off. Oh. Somebody, somebody sent me at the day.
1: <laughs> That's it, I And I actually see see the lady there, eh? See, she's going to lie down on the sunbed, right? And I'm sitting. there going, well, I says, where do you want me to to put my clothes? And I said, just put them on top of mine. Well, oh, she <laughs> <she's> laughing. <laughs> that broke the the icing that way. Eh? So I says, eh, I can't actually a sideways because. Eh, <laughs> the, the, the mean big tackle was kind of kicking out I get in a comfy position. I was <laughs> a wee bit embarrassing, but I still get guys showing me the laugh pictures, you know, me and my, my towel, and they're going, Oh my god, they were the days, mate. They were the days. Brilliant
0: laugh, brilliant laugh. Were, were you just up for like you've said already about being up for a laugh? Were, were you would you have done pretty much anything? Oh, depends. <laughs> I depends if she's
1: worth it or not <laughs> <laughs> well Cal was always in for a laugh you know we had some brilliant brilliant laughs and when we went you know up the highlands tour actually when we played uh down in south up in Kelso, and we went away up in the islands we played and we had some unbelievable carry-on and uh the band I went, played in germany and oh it was what a laugh absolutely brilliant brilliant bunch of boys and uh even though I was there, it came to a sudden end after about 11, about 11 and a half years. And I, I was like in a black plastic bag, shoveling my boots and my stuff into my bag. And I was just, I went and there was nay, there was no there. And that's kind of, it hits home, you know what I mean? That you're now leaving a, you know, a big club. And I was kind of, you know, it, was a, it took me a while to get, to go over it. You know what I mean? Just to be there for the last time.
0: Was there ever a thought of what would happen when you stopped?
1: Well, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of, it's just maybe uh, one thing I will probably say that there's, you know, there are a few regrets and I wish I could change them. And, uh, the, you know, I'm always kind of, people are always asking me, oh, you're an ex pro. And I work with a lot of people, used to work in coaches and they're always wanting my expertise. I mean, what, what's, what, did can, what did I tell you when I didn't date myself? And, but I was learned for other guys. So, it was kind of, I did really, uh, you know, regret leaving uh, Hibson away because I was still playing in the first team um, at the time. Um, I got a slight abductor muscle problem in my groin and I think Alec Muller thought I'd lost a, uh, a wee bit of my pace and I think he was just saying, well, the time is right, 11 years, 11 a bit of years is kind of, enough is enough, you know what I mean? I still get people sending me stuff saying, well, why did you not get a testimonial? And it was never, ever... Ever mentioned? you know, Bruce? I don't even think there'd be probably about a man and his dog would probably be. Here. I hate <laughs> you're
0: wrong I, there, my man. You're you definitely wrong there.
1: I think, and the bus driver, blatantly, he could be, he could run my bus. A fifty. Got <laughs> <laughs> my mum, my dad, man, <laughs> my next door neighbour, the dog. You know what I mean? Five. So we're on look for forty-five people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you, you you give yourself a hell of a hard time. Did you ever did you ever think about like with, with coaching or managing? Is that ever something that floated your boat?
1: No, not, when I left when I when I chopped football in uh, two thousand and one, um, I was doing a bit of coaching at Coundbeath with Keith Wright and Mickey Weir. Um, then I did some coaching at Stirling Albion, there on my home team. So, but I was struggling to get you know find time to be with my family because I'd like more or less three jobs at a time. I was doing a bit of radio, working and doing some coaching, so I was never in the house. Um, and it was a time my, my my first my first kid got um, was born in '95, and I thought this is going to be tough this next couple of years because you suddenly go from being a professional, you're in the house for one o'clock, thinking what am I going to do this afternoon? I'll go and play snooker or I'll go and play golf. Now it's like join the real world, mate. And that was the biggest shock I've ever had. And uh, it just makes, uh, you know, wake up. as a big, massive wake-up call for me.
0: And how, how do you cope with that? Because for some of it, it was a struggle, wasn't it?
1: Oh, definitely. I mean, there was, there's was, there was ups and downs at the start. There's ups and downs um, at the finish. But it's always in, in your, you know, I've always now got a strong mind. Because uh, I've been there. I, I know how, you know, to deal with things now. And uh, I just wish I could have dealt with it when I was playing, um, and that that was the biggest, uh, you know, regret. But every player, it's no rosy, is what they'll think playing the Premiership. And, you know now especially, it's not all like that, um, especially up here. Um, you know, I know there's good money to be made in the Premiership up here, like, but elsewhere, it's not bad. The Championship, but and you know in the first and second divisions, it's not a lot of money going around and you just kind of you know there's times that, and there's boys doing the exact same there's boys wrapped it and there's boys have had really bad mental issues as well you know and they just you, they just chuck it uh, because you do know what's kind of life they've had and it's just why rather than keep it in talk to people talk to people that can help you and I think that's massive now um, so but as I say you think back. You think. I, I just try to remember the good things, mate. That when I was at Hibs, um, I can remember some brilliant goals I scored, and they all I can I can as if I did it. You know, last night I still got them in my mind, but I can always remember that the, the little bad period I had, and I was struggling big time. You know, and I, it was kind of was kind of lost for a while. So, but, as I say, I'm not the only person that's happened to. So, um, it's made me you know, the man I am today. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are
0: you a good supporter? Are you a good spectator? Do you like watching it?
1: Well, I, I work, I work, um, I've, I've been working for about 20 years with um, Opta Perform, uh, the state the, the starts. Uh, I don't know if you've heard this. We do the yeah. work for Sky and uh, I've been doing that for 20 odd years. So I've been going to, I used to do Hibs, it was Graham Mitchell who got me involved in that and uh, I've been doing that for 20 odd years now. So, um, at the minute, I'm doing Stirling Albion games and Stennis Smears. So, because I'm local, they give you the local teams. So, I miss going to Hibs. You know, I've been to Hibs TV and I've done a couple of games there. It was brilliant. Uh, I've been to a couple of functions. I've been down to the London Hibs Supporters Club, which was amazing. I didn't know Hibs supporters down there, Bruce. <laughs> when it was about 250. I was like, going, You're talking me. And I was like, The game of the red carpet treatment. I was like, They, they always seem to. You know, I find it when you're when you've wrapped it, you get maria kind of patting the back and people loving you. But when you played, they give you pelts. <laughs> you know I mean. So I thought maybe I shouldn't have played it. Maybe I should have played it. maybe you know, party party act half time, being the coke with a club, keeping the ball up and juggling and you know, pick a card, pick a card. but. You definitely find that, but I definitely, when you go to Hibs, they they definitely um, appreciate, and there's still guys to this day um, saying to me, they still text me saying, I was shouting your name yesterday. (laughs) It's like, didn't he go there? (laughs) I says, I didn't want to ask, what would shooter, Joe, And I said, they seem to be doing that, but they didn't do it when I played. (laughs) So I think they respect, uh, you know, because I was kind of 100%, guy and i, I, I you know I'd cut my my right and left hand to play for the the cabbage you know what i mean there's no doubt about that and I'm still a hip supporter uh still got all my lap, my laptop and my my watch stuff is all Hibs badges i've got all the Hibs stuff on it so um i've just i'm just a, still a hip supporter and i always will be is
0: there a is there a moment in a changing room because it the thing I loved you know when when you stop playing but it's those moments that are only yours in a changing room is there a changing room moment that you remember looking at the guys that you were with or the feeling that you had is there a moment in a changing room you wish you could go back to i think i think i think with
1: that one bruce i think because we when we were successful i think that that helps big time and when we won the cup in 91 the Skull cup i was unfortunately um i didn't actually that was a period when i was like losing it a bit, and I was more or less, um, uh, what do you call it? wasn't involved in any of the games, uh, but I was at the semi-final. I was all the games watching, but I was at the semi against Rangers. We beat them, one nothing, and, of course, we won the cup, and see the joy after winning something for all the years, and after the Hands Off Hibs campaign, we, you know, whilst Mercer tried to buy us and put us down the drain, um, and to win that cup against all odds and with a big party in the bus, you know, going back to Easter the Road, there's 15, 16,000 there, back to the hotel, big meal, f- all the drink, and everybody was just having a brilliant time. And uh, I did a, you don't know us, but you've never heard of me doing my impressions there. You? Yeah. you never heard that, and that's the secret, you see, you're going to have to buy tickets for my next show. They're, they're sold out, another one of the fifth—that was 50 seater buses, but five left. So that's eight that's gone. <laughs> it's two pounds a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> so I was there when the personnel and the players and all that, and managers and players, and it was absolutely brilliant. And uh, it was just to see their faces, and you know, when Murdo lifted the cup, and Murdo's been there before, and you just feel as though you're accomplished. And you see the supporters and how much it meant going down Leith Walk, and oh, it was amazing. And it was probably the exact same feeling as 2016. It's feel as though you're like, this is for the Hibs people. Everything is we're all as a family. And that's uh, that's that, that's the thing you you don't you do not forget.
0: Yeah. Happy, happy days. Joe, I've I've absolutely loved speaking to you. I've kept you far longer. And I I think what I'm gonna say to you is you'll need to come back for part two, because we've never mentioned hands off hibs, we've not mentioned what happened after. There's a whole load of stuff to get into, but you're an absolute joy to speak to. Thank you for having me, mate. Enjoyed Ab- Absolutely class. Joe Tortolano, take a bow. Send <laughs> to check in the post. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, how good is Joe Tortolano? He is Joe Joe, Super Joe. Uh, I think he's right. I think we look back with those tinted specs and we should because he was a hundred percenter and he gave us heaps of good moments. Uh, some of them dafter than others, but He's won ours and we absolutely love him. I hope you've enjoyed it. This was all thanks to Colin Leslie's book, Beastie to Bestie to Belgium, which is available now from all good bookshops. And I think the phrase is even some bad ones. You can get there. Hibs Club store and you can get online at bigcartel.com. Search for Best Day to Be Day to Belgium by Colin Leslie. If you've enjoyed the podcast, you can catch us on Apple, Acast and Spotify and you're going to be able to watch on Facebook and YouTube because we're all over social media. Just search for Goals and Glory. I hope you've enjoyed it. I definitely have. I absolutely love the guy. My name is Bruce Acheson from the Goals and Glory podcast. I look forward to speaking to you all again very, very soon. <sighs>